Druids and cars go into festivals. They can chat about things. It's a druid podcast in cars. Sometimes the best parts of festivals are the discussions that surround them, reflections on what we did and heard, anticipation of what's to come, and processing what it all means in relation to our spiritual work. We wanted to help either introduce you to that phenomenon or extend it for you. That's what this is about. I'm Reverend Jana Vende. And I'm Reverend Michael J. Dangler. We're priests of Arnriach Fane and members of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. We're recording these sessions actually live in cars, actually going to festivals and events, so you will hear road noise, turn signals, and navigation prompts. But that's part of what makes it fun. So... Sit back and enjoy, druids. In cars. Going to festivals. So, we're not in a car. But we're druids sitting around a table now. Because we had this great discussion last year, I think it was. I don't know, it's been a hot minute since it we've been a hot minute. sat and had time for this. So, But as I was preparing for this, well, this last week's release now... Um, and putting together the the podcast on planning to go to Greece, Jan, with you, I started thinking about, well, during that conversation, we talked a lot about my trip with my wife out to Europe and what we did um, and how that, what we learned from that planning process. And so my wife Maggie is here. Hi, friends. <laughs> and so we kind of just wanted to to go through some of the things that had come up in that podcast that we talked about and see how they went. And one of the things that we had indicated in that last episode was that planning is really important. And we met that planning beast kind of right out of the gate. Um, We flew ourselves over, we sat down, and nobody showed up to pick us up. (laughs) (laughs) Like in... In the airport. In the airport. We were supposed to get picked up and taken to the first hotel in like... I don't know. I don't even know where you went first. Like Amsterdam or... flew into Zurich. Zurich, okay. um, And the, like, cruise... Place, Uniworld, there was supposed to be somebody with like a little sign that had our names on it, like ABC, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. right? Cliche, but that's how it works. And there was nobody there. And there was nobody there. And then we were there for an hour and there was still nobody there. Yep. Maybe that's a thing that just happens when you visit Europe. Because when no. I studied abroad in Germany, also had the experience of landing in the airport and nobody was well, there <laughs> what, what we did is we we actually flew in a day early so we'd have an extra bit of time so this was not on their schedule typically we however things off for them the, oh, the okay. guy was late that's what ended up happening he was, okay. he was just late there was another crew um that was also there to be picked up so they'd also come in early so there were like four of us five of us at, no six of us there were six of us there was five of us um there were a bunch of us. It was another couple and her sister. Yeah. And uh, so we ended up getting picked up and taken down. Um, but there was a lot of frantic calling. Like, I'm, I 
called up the the London office and they transferred me over to the office out in LA and they weren't open. And so we were trying to figure stuff out and we, you know, we lost our initial hour of where we were going. We went to a very nice hotel after that. Um, but it seemed like we were starting off on the wrong foot. Did you, <laughs> but you had planned to have like international phone plans. Oh yeah. And mm-hmm. I mean like it discussing planning, like you had preempted yeah. some of that by. We had. And a lot of that is just, it's, it's, it's being prepared to go overseas. It's being prepared to do mm-hmm. those kinds of things. Cause we didn't panic. You know, but it was it was concerning for a hot second. <laughs> um, what we ended up doing, um, you know, it didn't end up impacting us because we got to the hotel and we took a nap. <laughs> you know, you're not supposed to nap after you fly that many hours to like try and beat the jet lag, right? We did okay. okay. <laughs> <laughs> there, are, there are different ways to go about it. When I fly to Europe, I tend to sleep. On the way over, when I fly home, I tend not to sleep. Is how I, I manage mean, it. My trick yeah. is that I'm just always tired. Yes. Yeah. So <laughs> <laughs> it was not a long nap. Um, it was like one sleep cycle okay. sort of deal. I couldn't do when I went to Europe in my early twenties. We just stayed up. Yeah. Um, yeah. But. It's more I'm difficult not, these days. I'm not in my early twenties anymore. <laughs> but so we got there, and because we had that extra day planned in, um, we weren't really rushed. We were able to do that. We were able to take that couple hours and, and get some sleep, and then we were able to go down into the city, which was also pretty cool. Mm-hmm. And in doing so, we completely missed our guide, <laughs> like. For the first three days, we didn't see our guide. But it was okay. Like, we, you know, you, the whole point of this episode, I suppose, is planning. And I'm going to be a little bit of the devil's advocate <laughs> that some planned, unplanned time, if you will. So we had, like, on the cruise itself, it was very structured. Like, this is what you're doing these times. Yeah. Um. But then the bookend pieces, the couple of days in Lucerne and the couple of days in Amsterdam, were less structured. And we had time to, I mean, once we got there, plan, but figure it out and do a little bit more wandering, um, which I like. Yeah, I mean, when, wandering. I, when I studied abroad in um, Greenwich, and took various like side trips. Like we went up to and saw Stonehenge and we like, I flew to Berlin for a weekend. Um, And so like did some little travel, but a lot of it was very, (laughs) it was interesting. Many of my cohort needed to go together and needed to have an exact plan. And I never would have seen anything if Mm -hmm. I had like tried to, stick to that much of a schedule whereas like i got to go to the victorian albert museum by myself because i just decided to go Uh right and um so there's something to be said for just that like lack of fear about navigating a new city in a new public transit system and just trusting that 
you know, like what's the worst that can happen? You're going to get lost and then you're going to take a taxi or whatever back to where you need to go. Yeah. yeah. Like, the, uh, <laughs> I, I, you, you mentioned the transit system. So our plan was to take our second day and go to Bern, which was what, an hour an hour by train. Yeah, hour by train. Every train train left every hour on the hour. But we went to the train station the night before and talked to somebody and got an idea of, of what to expect. Because, I mean, the Swiss trains are all in Swiss. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, there's, there's not a lot of English. There's people who speak English there. But um, they were difficult to navigate for mm-hmm. someone who lives in America and doesn't have access to high-speed rail. Um, and so... Taking the time to do that the night before was, mm-hmm. I think, probably the best decision we could have made because it made our next day just that much easier. Well, when we were actually needed to be on time, we weren't having to do the figuring out still, which would have compromised our ability to be on time. Yeah. Right? Um, it would have sent us out an hour later on the next train, at yeah. least, if you know if we'd even gotten it together that quickly. Um, and we knew how much time we needed. So we were able to catch the first mm-hmm. ferry. We were able to to do those kinds of things that we needed to do. And it was a lot of, um, especially when you're navigating multiple modes of transit in a single excursion. Um, so for then, we had to, like, ride this. The funicular. The funicular down the side of a mountain, cross a lake in a boat. Is that like the, the ski lift looking thing? It's a locomotive that goes up and down the, a very steep. It's like a train car. Yeah. Okay. It, so it's, it's, but it's on looks, tracks. But it looks like Daniel Tiger's trolley car. Correct. But it's one car that yep. goes up and down Correct. the track. Exactly. Correct. Okay. It's called a funicular. Okay. Fun word. Um, and then we took a, a catamaran. Which is another fun a, word. A, a boat. <laughs> a boat. Like okay. Big kind of pontoony sort of boats. Um, Does it have a guy with a stick? I know. Is a catamaran the one with the giant wind thing? I don't know. Anyway, we took a boat. <laughs> Does it have a guy with a stick? It or was not. It? That's a gondola. No. Um, <laughs> it would have been a lot of sticking. It was a very large lake. Yes. Um, yes. It's not yes. a canal. Yes. Uh, but anyway, you know, we had to navigate the timing of the funicular of the boat. Um, and, and then of the train. And then of the train. And then... Um, another day we had to do all of that and then navigate buses. And so having some of that planning ahead of time, taking the evening before you're actually going to go on that excursion to line up the timetables, um, because we had to, you know, for the train, make sure that we could get back in time for the the last last ferry, right? right, to get, and the boat and the funicular were timed up, but, um, but the trains were not. But the trains were a completely different system. Yeah. So, um, and we were going to burn to see a specific thing as well. Museum opening times. Yeah, and, and okay. to all that. So because we were going to go see the the image of Artio mm-hmm. from the the Mari yep. statuette group, um, and that was the thing I wanted to see in Burn. That was the whole reason we went to Burn. Um, he spent at least thirty minutes photographing that one statuette set yeah. and he could have done longer but i think that he felt bad for me at that point <laughs> i did i did, <laughs> did. your 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 patience I'm, is generous I, i'm sorry <laughs> maggie the bear has nipples it does you don't you can't see that in most of the angles of the but photos in the books it's precisely it's what you said to know <laughs> we'll put 
picture of the bear with nipples on the, on the page. Why not? Um, <laughs> we should. I took pictures of you taking pictures, but you should post some of that. Too. <laughs> I could do that. Um, but you know, the the interesting thing that I didn't really know until we got into that museum is that museum is also the same as the Einstein Museum. And so we were able to go upstairs and see a lot of the Einstein exhibits as well, mm, which cool. was kind of cool. It was not one that we were really expecting to do, um, but we got to. Mm-hmm. Um, similarly, we, we wandered around. We found local food in Bern, and we ate Indonesian in Bern, which <laughs> was pretty cool. Mm-hmm. Um, and just kind of getting to experience a city that wasn't on the itinerary was pretty nifty. It was pretty cool to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the next day, Maggie saw the mountain, Mount Pilatus, um, mm-hmm. and decided that was where we were going. It was one of those, you know, I, I asked myself, it was really cloudy. Like the whole top of the mountain was obscured. And so we kind of went back and forth and there were some folk who were like, don't bother. You can't see anything. And I had this strong sense of, I would regret it if we didn't do it. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things like you can't possibly see everything. Yeah. Um, you just, you can't. Uh, so you have to make a lot of those choices of, but that was one of your things that but was, it was like, and I didn't even know, but then seeing it, cause it, it towered over the city. Like you looked that direction and that was it, what was in your view. Um, And it's this mountain that is woven into the lore of the city as well. It's got dragons. It's got dragons. Obviously. (laughs) Right. Um, And so I, you know, that's one thing to ask yourself as you're making these plans is, is this something that I will regret not having done? Yep. Um, And we'll come back around to that toward the end. Um, cause there's a thing that I do regret not having done, but What's that? it didn't work out. We'll get back around to it. Um, but that was another thing where we had to time everything cause that was a bus ride up to a cable car. Cable car. That uh, was the. Up to an, another cable car to get all the way up to the top. Mm-hmm. And then you had to time your way back down as well. And there were multiple ways that we could get up the mountain. Like they had. You could do a boat tour around to the funicular. It was more like touristy kind of Mm -hmm. guided sort of thing. We ended up doing it more direct on our own where we just took a bus across town. Um, Which was excellent because there there are two ways up that mountain that are reasonably quick. And we took the, the one that takes longer to get up the side of the mountain, but you get to it faster because you're not on a boat. The boat tour is mm-hmm. like an hour, mm-hmm. and the bus ride's like fifteen minutes. So, um, yeah, it was it was a good choice. It was a very good choice. It was the, the, excellent. The gondolas were cool. Yeah, because um, it was like a there were stops along the mountain. Mm-hmm. It was like two different stops, and so you had to like at one point you just kind of stayed on, and they moved you through, and you kept okay. going, but then. At the second tier for the third leg of the journey, everybody got out of the little, like, four-seater gondolas, mm-hmm. and you got onto these giant ones that held, like, 30 people. Cool. Um, and, and still moved in the wind. And still moved in the wind. <laughs> and whacked <laughs> yeah. real hard into the bumper arms. It, anyway, it was yeah. cool. So, 
that was a fun thing. And then we ended up going up on the city walls, which... We didn't know were there. Yeah, that was... Cool. So, like, 12th century curtain wall and yeah. 13th century clock tower that you could actually still climb up in and go see. And Yeah. So, I mean, we found ways to see things that weren't on the itinerary. And a lot of that was due to planning. We knew where the lion at Lucerne was. We got to mm-hmm. see that. That wasn't on the walking tour that we did. Um, we ended up seeing the the church before we did the walking tour and, and all those kinds of things. We found the cool places to mm-hmm. to eat on our own as well. We just picked a restaurant and sat down and ate. Um, so we had we had a fabulous time. And then we got onto the boat. And the boat, after two days, three days of going places on our own time, the place where we got on the boat in Basel, Switzerland, was an industrial harbor. <laughs> and there wasn't anywhere to go. <clears throat> and we also didn't quite realize what the timing was going to be for leaving. Part of that, I think, is the communication from the boat staff yeah. was not great. So it was supposed to originally be we got on and then the boat left. But because of um, lock worker strikes in France... They had to delay our departure time so that they went through the locks at night. Okay. So that there was, they were less likely to be impacted by the, the strikes. Yeah. Um, and so what that meant is that... We didn't leave till midnight. <laughs> we, we sat on this boat for 12 hours, which... It, it felt it, like wasted time. It, it did, because we were only there for so much. And to have 12 full hours... Um, and by the time we kind of realized, oh, we're not actually leaving till midnight, let's go explore. And we did get off the boat and go kind of explore. It was... It was too late. It was dark. Yeah. In a sketchy industrial dock. <laughs> it, it, it just wasn't... It didn't feel safe. There was, it did not feel safe. And there was probably nothing exciting to see except shipping containers. See, if, if we'd gotten out <laughs> a little bit earlier, <laughs> if, we, if we'd gotten out a bit earlier, there was a small museum. We could have gone into the little tiny museum, but it was closed by the time we the decided to go. The maritime mm-hmm. museum thing, yeah. Yeah. Who knows? Could have been cool. Um, but one of the things, too, that we talked about in the last podcast was sometimes things are closed. Mm-hmm. And... We found this out. One of the things that I really wanted to see was in Cologne. I wanted to see the Dionysus mural. Or not mural, the, the mosaic. Mm-hmm. Oh, right. Gigantic mosaic that they uncovered was right next to the cathedral in the, the Roman museum. Yep. And the museum is moving. The whole thing was closed. But we lucked out because our tour guide really likes that particular mosaic. Mm-hmm. And she knew where we could see it through the window. Oh. (laughs) I was going to say, did she know a guy? (laughs) (laughs) She did not know a guy, but she liked us. Yeah. And so um, she took us up and it just lucked out that that mural could be seen through an outside window. So you could look down into it. It was kind of obscured and not a great angle because it's, it's... I mean, down, it's recessed. It's yeah. really it's yeah. down twenty ten feet, at least two stories down. Yeah, um, and so and so you're looking from an outside window, and then there's the gap, and then you've got to look down. But he he could at least get a couple of pictures, couple and of pictures. I could see it. And then we went and pranced along the 
little two block stretch of exposed Roman yeah. road that they Which have. I didn't even know was there and probably wouldn't have known if the building had been open because I wouldn't have had to have walked around. Right, right. right. Um, the other opportunity that, that gave us was as disappointed as I was that I couldn't go inside and see the giant tomb that they've got in there and the other things they've got in there that are really cool. I instead got to go to the chocolate museum with my wife. And it was delicious. That was awesome because not only did I get to see a chocolate museum, and I'm not a big chocolate fan, but I got to spend time with my wife. Not <laughs> being a nerd. And that was totally worth it. <laughs> so, you know, sometimes your plans change and that's okay. Now, we, do the Roman roads yeah. have um, penis cobblestones? That one does not. That one does You're not. thinking of Pompeii, where they do. Well, okay. Yes. Well, I mean. <laughs> <laughs> yes. The point of the way to the brothels. Yes. yes. Um, of course. <laughs> one of these days, we'll see that too. One of the other things that, that happened was neither one of us speak German. Um, and we ended up in Heidelberg, where they have a Mithraeum. It's a. Oh, that was fun. It's a, a, a copy of the Mithraeum. Yeah. And kid in a candy store. <laughs> when I talk about him geeking out, it's really nerdily adorable. <laughs> what can I say? Um, but we, we walk into this museum, which is where it supposedly is. And um, I start asking, trying to figure out what the word for Mithraeum is in German. Um, and eventually I get my point across. And, I, and the nice girl behind the counter who doesn't speak a lick of English um, implies to me in her broken English and partial German, no, that's up at the castle, which is where we had just left. And what she was talking about was the actual original Mithraeum, not the duplicate that they have. Mm -hmm. And so I'm feeling very disappointed. And then Maggie, who's wandered past <laughs> the, the admissions desk, says, Michael, I found it. <laughs> like, so, yeah. So I, I walked over there and I spent a chunk of time taking pictures of at least 30 minutes Roman stuff and Mithraeum and all that kind of cool stuff. And again, wouldn't have known if I hadn't planned if I hadn't thought ahead and this was not on the itinerary this is a thing that I said I want to see this I'm enjoying watching your mannerisms right now because Maggie is totally correct all we need to do is hand you like one of those little plastic baggies and the little tongs that they have and like the fancy high-end candy stores where you like pick out your individual pieces mm -hmm. and you've got like the your face gets all bright and your hands come up by your shoulders and your face. It's and you the most animated you will ever see. Yes. <laughs> so at one point on the ship, um, the, the staff on the ship were from all over Europe, mm -hmm. right? Um, a lot of Eastern European. And there was one, one of the um, wait staff that was Italian and I nearly knocked the coffee pot out of his hand one morning. He <laughs> says to me, you know, in this obvious thick Italian accent, um, it's okay. You just speak very loud Italian. <laughs> so Michael is speaking very loud Italian. <laughs> I am. I am. Much gesticulation. <laughs> um, but I mean, one of the things that I had planned to do was at the end of our tour we had planned in an extra day so that we could get down to Kongsblatt to see 
the the Temple of Nehalenia. Mm-hmm. It was a, a big thing, oh. a thing that I definitely wanted to do. And just wasn't going to happen. When we got there and I, I spoke to our tour guide, I tried to figure out how to hire a car. I tried to figure out all sorts of things and nothing worked. We just couldn't get there. Um, it was, was just simply going to take far too much time. Yeah, it was it was going to be a full day for like a 15-minute visit. Mm-hmm. And at some point, I, I, I had already recognized that it was going to be a quick visit. It's not a big temple. It's just there on the, on the edge mm-hmm. of the sea, and it's all there is to see there. Um, and none of the trains go directly there. It would have cost a fortune to hire a car. Mm-hmm. Um, we could have biked it. Would have taken the whole day. <laughs> I wasn't sure we'd get back. Because, um, I mean, it was a two-hour car ride to get there. Um, and so, at one point or another, I'm just like, you know what? I'm I'm okay with this. I'm okay with scrapping this piece of it. Because I can do something else with this time. I can move on to something different. And I can enjoy a different aspect of it. Um, and so, we ended up going to the... Um, the museum, the Al, what is it? The Allard, I don't remember the name of the museum. Oh, the one with the, a lot of pagan porn. Yeah. <laughs> a lot of ancient porn. The Allard Pearson Museum. That's what it was. And they, the, the reason that did she Did you take pictures that, of those nipples of too? Of course. Of course you did. A lot more penises there. Um, but the, um, they, they have a wide selection of like, Etruscan stuff. And oh, well, so there's like lots of nipples. <laughs> yes. And, um, and I didn't I didn't know this. I didn't know anything about this museum until we were there and we were trying to figure out something to replace um, going to Karlsblatt. And this popped up and I'm like, oh, they've got an Etruscan collection. They've got all these kinds of things. And I'm, I'm into Etruscan stuff, which is weird for an ADF druid, but I, I am. And um, I got to see things that I had only ever seen pictures of in books and now I've got context. I know how big the um the Etruscan liver is. Oh I had that. Cool. <laughs> I got good pictures of that. <laughs> um it's a, a horospex tool that tells you what all the bumps on a liver mean when you do divination based it on It looks liver. like it looks like a uh like you're a medical student and they've sliced up uh, an organ and you have to identify all the little pieces, except all the little pieces have divinatory meanings instead of like, yeah, this makes your brain go. And this like, <laughs> yep. yeah. And there was a, a mirror that shows the, um, the, the start of the Trojan war, the, the choice that Paris has to make. Mm-hmm. What do they call that? The, uh, but it, it's a, beautiful bronze mirror and i got a good picture of it and it was it was just it was good time uh, a good enjoyable thing to do and maggie and i we didn't bother to go to like the red light district but we did hit the cheese museum and the tulip museum and all these little kitschy kind of museums and we went up we saw windmills um and you went and you t- is this where you tasted vinegar no that was in germany yeah it was on this trip though yes 
Well, because you had those yeah, sweet we, robes. We did a vinegar. We did have sweet robes. Yeah. It was such a hardcore <laughs> druid feel, especially in like the aging room where it's dark. You were in the cellar and you had the hoods up. And you guys looked like Jedi. <laughs> and there was literally monk music playing. I mean, yeah. they, they really dialed it up. What? The whole ambiance. It and was. They had an altar for the vinegar mother. They did. She had her. She had her own room. She did. It's um, amazing. And they they kept talking about, she's ugly, but we love her. <laughs> we should write a ritual to the vinegar mother. Yes, please. Uh, yeah, let's do that. And I the mean, waters of life can be vinegar. Okay, I'll do that. I have some of the tasting vinegar. Yeah. I'm, there's lots of fancy world markety type things. Yeah, I brought home some sipping vinegar. That, yeah. yeah, Yeah, add that to our list of things to do. Okay. okay. We'll, we'll look at that. I mean, we're doing all sorts of weird stuff with the waters of life these days, so. It's true, we but. talk about that, too. I also would really just like to sip some vinegar and eat yeah. some bread and cheese. Yes, please. <laughs> but, I mean, at the end of the day, the, the question always is when you go traipsing around on a, on a trip, would you do it again? Uh, absolutely. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I, I mean, I certainly would. I've, I've done now two river cruises, um, and they have both been pretty fabulous. Mm-hmm. And I found more flexibility in them than I expected. I mean, you, you'd heard my description of them in the past. Did you feel like it was more or less flexible than you expected? Um, I mean, I think especially once... We'd like really gone over what the excursion options were. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was a lot of flexibility, and they tried really hard to be accommodating. Um, so, like, one of the excursions we hadn't originally signed up for, but then we we're like, oh no, shit, we actually really want to do that. And they technically the bus was full, but like, he got us on. Yeah. So, um, and there was still, there was like planned downtime. Um, or time good. on your own. Yeah. <laughs> like good. And sometimes it was an hour or two. Mm-hmm. And yeah. sometimes it was a whole afternoon or a whole morning. And so that that was nice. But yeah, I would definitely do the cruise. I again, um, I liked the balance of having that very structured touristy piece mm-hmm. and time on our own. And that was something that Michael and I discussed while we were there of um being able to have both. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, we, we saw some things that we just never would have seen. Like I, I encountered a goddess at the confluence of confluencia. Yes. Confluentia, the, the goddess of the, the confluence of the Rhine and the Mosel, I uh-huh. believe it was. Yep. And, um, is that not Cologne? No, um, uh, Koblenz. Koblenz. And there's this giant mural it was painted just a few years ago um, on one of the walls facing the Mosul. Um, and it it shows the goddess holding up the, the confluence in one hand and the spitting boy of Koblenz and a couple of satyrs. <laughs> is, this the, is this the thing that you went by like in the middle of the night and had to take pictures of for your kid? No. no. That was so, La- Lorelei? Uh, no, uh, we went by Lorelei in the rock. day. It was, yeah, it was Dragon Rock, which is where uh, the dragon Fafnir 
Um, okay. Okay. In, in the the Nibelungen Lee, where where he is, and where the Rhinegold is is mm-hmm. held, and all that kind of stuff, and we floated by it at midnight, eh, ten o'clock. Ten o'clock, we floated by. It felt like midnight because it was in <laughs> Europe and it was dark. Um, but I went out with my camera and took pictures of it and learned a lot about photography in that hour long <laughs> space. It was cold. It was dark. I had no idea what I was doing, um, and I still got a fairly decent couple of pictures. Um, and I was, I was very pleased with myself. And that was the only thing that my daughter wanted to picture of <laughs> the whole thing. So I got it. The other thing is um, we went by uh, the place where Caesar built his bridges to cross the Rhine okay. to go into Germany. He built two bridges a couple of years apart. And, I was able to find it on the map. I was able to track us using Apple Maps as to where we were. And then I was able to go up and I actually recorded a couple of videos. The sound is terrible. Um, but now I understand why he crossed there because I've seen it with my eyes. Um, my degree is in military history. The Gallic Wars is what got me into Druidry. And so getting that piece and having that piece fall into place was very important to me. And so it was very nice to, to get to see that. Um, I was just there for the food. <laughs> it was good food. You had a lot of good food. I, I wasn't actually just there for the food, but <laughs> a nice perk though. <laughs> it's a nice perk. It is a nice perk. Um, but yeah. Bonus to listeners. If you get that obscure movie reference. Just gonna leave that there. <laughs> Excellent. Best, best movie. Thank you, friends. <laughs> best movie. Always and forever comfort movie. Yes. So, but yeah, so that's what that trip was like. And the process of figuring all that stuff out, you know, it it's it takes experience. It takes doing it and thinking it through and, and working it through. And the first time you go to Europe or the first time you take a big trip, it's always you're never going to see everything you want to see. Like the first time I went to Greece, I didn't see everything I wanted to see, but we'll fix that when we go. And and can we talk just briefly about, Mm -hmm. and I don't know whether you guys covered this in um, the previous episode. Probably (laughs) not. (laughs) For what it's worth, it's not just preparation for the trip itself. If you've got kids um, or not, um, there's preparation for home life responsibilities and how that's going to be managed ahead of time. So like making sure your bills still get paid, making sure um, I like work responsibilities. So I manage a decent sized team at work and had to make sure that all of my responsibilities were covered. And there was a lot of work around making sure that our son's medical needs were covered. And and I, I think those long trips, like when we talk about going overseas, right? Because a lot of people, when they think trips, it's like, you know, a a weekend, a weekend or even a week to yeah. like Disney or something. Right. Mm-hmm. And that is a lot more like you don't necessarily have to stop your mail for a three or four day trip. Correct. Right. But if you're going to be gone for a couple of weeks, like you really need to figure that out. Yeah. yeah. So, and even... I mean, we were gone for two. 
mm-hmm. which feels like like that kind of like right in the middle, like not so long that you necessarily have to stop your mail, mm-hmm. but you, you probably, probably, you probably stop should. Your <laughs> um, you know, for for us, it was a months long preparation process. Yes. To get everything in place. Yeah, just all the mundane ducks in a row. Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, we enlisted a AAA travel agent to, to help. We went through several, actually, during the process. <laughs> that was a bit of a nightmare. Um, <laughs> but we, we got there. We did. We got there. We finally ended up with a good travel agent who, who managed a lot of things for us. Um, and, and so that was helpful. That was worth the price of a AAA membership, frankly. Um, but... Yeah, a lot of it was just, you know, making sure that we had spent all the time to plan, that we looked up how to do stuff. We bought guidebooks, you know, we looked at maps, we dug through the itinerary over and over and over again just to to see where things would be. And stuff that didn't appeal to us when we started the trip or just before we, we left they ended up appealing to us when we got there, you know, and a lot of it's just giving it a chance and seeing what happens and not panicking when something goes just a little sideways because something always goes sideways. We miss flights on the way home, for example. Yeah. Um, <laughs> the other thing I would like concrete bit of advice or insight or whatever is if you're going to locations or places that require tickets Buy them in advance and pay attention to how far out they sell out. Um, We were not able to um, get into the Anne Frank house. House. So don't, I I guess, don't assume that you can get tickets same day. Yeah. Um, Mm -hmm. uh, Van Gogh. If we'd only had two days in Amsterdam, we wouldn't have made Van Gogh either. Correct. Because we got it for our last day, I think. Yeah, that was our, that was our last full day. Okay. So. Um, yeah, because we did that, and then we went out to the um, dinner to the fancy dinner. Yeah, I booked that dinner. That was great. Months in advance, as soon as I had the <laughs> the, the tickets, because it was a revolving restaurant overlooking all of Amsterdam, and I'm like, mm-hmm. if I'm going to take my wife to a nice dinner, I'm going to do it there. Yeah, but then in Bern, he had a spur of the moment, like. There's a Michelin star restaurant here. Let's see if we can get in. I'm like, that's not how that works. Yeah. Uh, and so we we found it. It was literally underneath. a basement cellar. Yeah. It was underneath the street. Could probably seat 20 people. Like, it was tiny. And we walked in and... They looked at us like... Did they laugh at you? They were crazy. Did they laugh at you? They, they didn't laugh at us until we left, I'm sure. I'm sure. <laughs> Uh, but it, I can't, we hadn't even discussed that. I didn't know that there was a Michelin star. And, um, and I thought I'd try. And so we, we tried. Uh, but yeah, so just paying attention to how far out tickets are selling, especially for the really popular items. Like Anne Frank was selling a couple of weeks in advance. They were sold out. So yeah. You can totally um, just walk into the Tulip Museum, though. It's also in a basement. <laughs> it's also in a basement. So it was a cheese museum. Yeah. And vinegar. And vinegar, vinegar was also. We did a lot of basements. <laughs> the Mithraeum. I mean, that's technically a basement. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, no, it was good. We had a lot of fun, and hopefully, this is helpful for folks who are also planning. Indeed. Thanks for listening, and there's more to come. 
We welcome your ideas and questions. If there's something you would like to hear us discuss in a future episode, please drop us a line at druidsandcars at threecranes.org. If you'd like to donate, you can do so at threecranes.org slash donate. Druids and Cars Going to Festivals is a production of Three Cranes Grove ADF in Columbus, Ohio. Our theme song's lyrics were written by Arthur Shipkowski, and the music is written and recorded by Mike Beershank. Learn more about our grove at threecranes.org, and more about druidry at adf.org. As always, keep circulating the tapes, and let us pray with a good fire.